0: Total Pebble Beans, top of a day, toil. Today, we are going back to the 20s. Well, some of you might think that we are in the 20s, but actually, uh, I'm talking about... Uh, I'm John Bird Sully, by the way. Uh, welcome to my Perpetual Outsider podcast. Uh, but today, we're going back to the 1920s, not the 2020s, when things were altogether a little bit more different. Yep, yeah, this is the... Um, uh, back to three, two, one for uh from episode 2 of the 1979 series um which is the 20s so without further ado let's go right back there here we go 1979 oh and here's Ted with a cheesy opening with a kind of like an oval inlay Insects have always, always friends. Dusty Bins there and uh, Mike Newman and Chris Emmett are there. And the, uh, well, they're no longer called the Gentle Sex. They've got rid of those horrible, dorky glasses and they're just, uh, they're now called the 331 Girls. So uh, here we go. This is um, uh, this first one out on the 26th of October 1979. Uh, and this is an interesting one, actually, because um, this was not so long after the the i t v strike of nineteen seventy nine now for those of you who don't know about the i t v strike um it happened between off the top of my head i think about the sixth of august uh to the twenty third of october i think nineteen seventy nine so that was quite a you know long way out uh one of the um one of the main programs to actually spearhead the relaunch was 321 because, of course, they you know they had recorded, you know, they couldn't record you know between those months, so I think they'd stockpiled a few episodes. I'm not quite sure when it was recorded, um, at a guess, probably about maybe early summer. I think you know, normally these these sorts of things are normally recorded about three months in advance, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, this, this was one of the um, the few programs that they had. Um, it was kind of like, you know, it was instant, you know, kind of backup for, you know, you know to go on and remake the new programs. Um, so I, I guess this, you know, this kind of um, took what was already a successful first series and just kind of made it even more successful. Yeah, there's Jenny, was still terribly posh. She fit right at home here. There's Mireille. And there's Annie. Annie St John. Well, Red actually, very sadly, took, a, took her own life, I think, um, at the age of only 36, which is ah, awful. So, who have we got here? we got some contestants. We've got... Uh, oh, Tim Cloak. He's, he's made a cloak. He, Ted Rogers has made a predictable joke about uh, about Tim Cloak's surname, it's, it's seven, seven, seasons, 11, one, seven, and he comes from in the fam, He comes from a family of eleven. God. So, oh God. Oh no, 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 no! no, no Ted, don't do that. Don't make terrible jokes about Ireland. No, 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 no. Yeah, like I've said before, this is this is a product very much of its time. Unfortunately, um, so unfortunately, you are going to get uh, the occasional dodgy joke like that, which uh, just just isn't funny and it's just a just a little bit insulting. Oh, Magnus Pike! Yeah, he's a he's a regular. <laughs> For the, Magnus Pike seems to crop up an awful lot in these um in these old programs like Three T One and. Generation game as well. Now, Ted is explaining that they've changed the format a little bit because in the previous series, um, the way that they would do it was they there would be three rounds in the first quiz bit, but now there are only two rounds, um, and they get I think about I'm not sure what is it, whether it's ten or a hundred pounds. I'm not sure. I've talked to you over that. Um, but the diff- the main difference is. That, whereas in the previous series the winners of a quiz round would not go through to the take it or leave it bit, in this bit it's the uh the highest scoring two couples that do get the chance to play for take it or leave it or Ted's treasure table, whatever he calls it. Um, so, um which is probably a good idea. when I mean, you just see the bit, bit of a strange idea that they did. You know, the winners of the quiz didn't actually get the chance to actually go into the big prizes. But um, as Ted says, it's it's a fairer way of um, of doing things. You know, of you know ensuring that as many people can go into the quiz as possible. Uh, there's Mike Newman. Here's another difference in that the of this repertory company are no longer in it making bad jokes. It's just um, just Mike Newman coming out with some terrible jokes. Yeah, I hope Mike Newman didn't take uh, too much umbrage at the uh, Ted's previous joke. So, um here we go with the uh, the what what are they going to ask? small cakes and buns sold over the counter to the bakery. If they don't want biscuits or scones, oh, cakes. Oh, see, I'm hungry now. I'm drinking um, I'm drinking a cup of coffee. and I can really do with like a. <laughs> <laughs> I can really do with some of these um these things that they're coming up with. Oh I'm washing at the mouth. Fruit pies. God stop doing this to me. Oh, oh they're running out of time here. Oh you see I'm I'm on a diet at the moment. You know, I'm trying my best to be on the diet because I've just become just great beef. Lard ass. So um, I'm, I'm trying to go on a diet, but um, this is really tempting me back. I think the audience came a little bit too quick with the with the applause for Mike Newman's joke there. Why is he got like missing gloves on and um, these very bad um, missing wooden woolen hats and wooden hat, woolen hat, and woolen gloves? And up, Patsy Ann Scott oh so it's 10 pounds it's not uh, it's not 100 pounds it's so uh, it's 10 pounds each they're playing for so that was a good start they got 70 pounds so the next couple are from scotland don't make any scottish jokes please Ted. He owns, this guy owns 60 caravans see i used i used to go um to a caravan park with my wife ali and it was it was actually you know it was actually great fun you know you used to you know you know the this I mean we're not talking about carry on camping that sort of caravan but um, you know a proper you know good old you know good modern caravan and you know you've got all sorts of activities you know good uh, good breakfast there you know they have the fry up in the morning and uh, yeah pedal biking and uh, oh my favorite is disc actually which is um, that. Um It's kind of it's kind of like a modern day version of table tennis. What you just you know sort of uh, um, you just whizz a you know this kind of small you know small round disc you know back and forth you know in a kind of like a futuristic tennis table table tennis table. But yeah, it's great fun. This woman's had um I'm not sure how many jo- I think she said about 24 jobs. Blimey. Sorry, just slurping my coffee while I uh, while I lament the uh, the non-existence of uh, the bakery shop. Never mind. So, what questions have we got for this? These two. What have we got? <clears throat> Popular and fun dances. Oh, they are bringing back strictly, aren't they again? Oh God! Oh dear! Oh, dear. I can't believe that, You know, they're still. You know, I mean, talk about flogging a dead horse. But then, you know, they're bringing, they're bringing back Big Brother and the X Factor. You know I mean? That's not just flogging a dead horse, but it's flogging a skeleton of a dead horse. Oh, They're doing well, though. I mean, they're coming up with... you got the Tango... Um, Highland thing. That hooter is... Um, that just being well done. So, uh, Mike Newman and Chris Emmett have stuck around from the last series but uh Debbie Arnold and Dougie Brown uh Bernie Clifton uh, I, I think I think Bernie Clifton and uh may. I think they'll they'll make the odd appearance in future episodes but uh, no it's it's just Chris uh Chris Emmett and Mike Newman oh they got the they got the maximum folks a hundred pounds which I'm not sure I'm, I really don't know how much money that was in those days so finally, Mark and Veronica. Mark has got a very nineteen seventies moustache. Moustache. Oh right. Oh here we go. Seems interested in Veronica because she used to be a bone girl. Ah uh, right. Okay. Oh dear. Again, it's it's a episode of this show Oh, this age. <laughs> Mark works in a shipyard. I should should know all about that because I write for a Port and Terminals uh, magazine. All about ports and terminals. So really I should know all about that. Everything to play for. The first lot scored seventeen. Um, second couple scored 100 so what are, what a mark of veronica going to do I'll give you an example which was not so things you can have done to your hair oh things you can have done to your hair I'm, i foolishly made the mistake of uh trying to give myself a diy haircut and i ended up shaving practically uh, all my hair off so uh, you know Alison very kindly stepped in to actually um sort it out. This was about three weeks ago now, but um, it's it's grown back already. He does grow back quite quickly. So um, yeah. the The moral of the story, folks, is don't uh, don't cut your own So what do they get? Uh, I think they did quite well as well. I think they got bad. Time, I think, huh? So going back to the strike, I mean, the BBC were doing. Of course they were doing incredibly well because, you know, I mean the the previous Saturday, uh the twentieth of October, they got about I think Generation Game got twenty three million viewers. City they've got sixteen million viewers. I mean, massive figures. You know, um, you know, maybe inflated by strike, but you know, they're they're still good programs and and um you know the BBC was on a roll, so I think by the uh, the, the Saturday, the next day uh, after after this episode went out, I think they were going to um, I think they were going to suffer a little bit. Oh, Veronica and Mark have got ten as well. Wow! So the cloaks have everything to play for here, so they could win seven hundred quid, which would be uh, quite a fair old whack by these standards. Yeah, that's the other subtle difference. They uh, they can only stop if they um, um if they either say pass or uh, or they get the question right. But uh, it's recommended that they actually say pass. You know, if, if they don't know an answer. So, famous people who are renowned for one activity in particular. Oh, this should be. Shells Lindbergh and flight. See, I wouldn't have known that. And I suspect if they, you know, if they ever did remake Three, Two, One, that you know these the questions would be a lot easier. You know, I, I think generally, I think all, you know, all Chris shows, a lot of questions, are you know, they're just dumbed down to a level that you know, even a person without a brain could actually get them. George Gersh Gershwin's music, yeah. Oh, I ran out. I this <sighs> uh, what again? It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, if if, if they showed this episode, if they did repeat these uh, crazy one episodes, um, yeah, I, I do, I do wonder whether you know, because common practice these days, you know. The, Slightly dated and maybe offensive to some uh, episodes, they start with a warning, you know, so, you know, this this episode is very much of its time, you know, may contain language and things that may be uh, upsetting to some, you know, because it's, it's kind of become a common practice these days. But like I said, you know, many, 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 many times before, you know, this is the stuff I'm looking at from the 60s, 70s, 80s. These are products of their time, you know. Like it or not, those uh, the same attitude, the same ath- ugh, attitudes just weren't the um, you know the, the ones that, the attitudes we got today. They weren't the same as they were back then. Um, you know, so I've, I think it is great that we are living in more enlightened times. But you know, you um, it it is a product of its time. You know, there's there's um, nothing really you can do. about it. So what is this, nationalities are they going on about? Italy. Oh, Italy, yeah. Italy. Oh, come po- on, Elsie and Paul, come on. Oh, political leaders. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Oh, my. What now? <laughs> and, of course, they changed the, uh, the design as well. They're, you know, um, they've changed, you know, what looked like a, um, a tacky casino is now. They've now replaced it with kind of, you know, more... Sober brown walls, but you know, with kind of like a silver tubing around the uh, the edges. And I think it'd be the next season, I'd go for the more kind of familiar, um, sort of diamond pattern on the walls. And that that would pretty much stick for much of the early 80s, I think. This question is about chief characters, certainly well known books. Chief characters are well known books. Oh. Well-known book? I, I don't think I do very well in this, despite me, um. Despite me doing an English degree, I actually think that doing an English degree has actually put me off books, to be honest. It's, uh, I, I just can't read in the same way. Scrooge was, what was... Scrooge? That was Dickens, wasn't it? Oh, is that Persuasion or something? 1984? That's another Jane Austen book. Crime and Prejudice? No, I'd be rubbish at this. And I don't think uh, Mark and Veronica are very much better. But of course, they've got the added pressure of um, uh, answering questions in front of the studio audience. I would to remove your appendix in your spare time. <laughs> well, Mark and Veronica, the only new one in fact, that was coming to Kinney from Roots, Scarlet, and Horror was gone with the wind. Sure think of it now. Oh, I've only got one right. Oh my god. There are by the looks of it. Oh, I got two. Oh, right. No, I didn't get that right. No, so I would have got one as well. <laughs> oh, okay. You scored two. Yeah, that's one move. 200 quid. I mean, 200 quid in those days is not to be sneezed at. I mean,. I'm I'm not very good on inflation, but um it's LC and Bulb one along with 500 quid. They're rich. So what do they get as consolation? Do they get the ceramic dusty bin box? Yes. Yeah. I mean that ceramic dusty bin. I've seen I've seen it do the rounds on eBay and it's worth a fortune apparently. Hopefully, Mark and Veronica hung on to that, Dustin, because uh, you know they um, they can certainly get a lot lot of money for it. You know, it's a you know antiques fellow on eBay. So that's the end of part one, and we're into uh, just about to go into part two, which is coming up now, any minute now. Here we go with these excellent cartoon drawings. Uh, they do this bizarre uh, they're still doing this bizarre kind of generation game style um, game to see who's going to qualify. Uh, what the hell are they doing? So it's Tim and Jan versus uh, Paul and Elsie. And they um, for some reason they've got 1920s gear, they've got feather feather headbands on their head and their knees are tied together by those kind of pom-pom skirts and they've got spikes on wheels and elbows, so I'm guessing they're gonna burst balloons, are they? All right, yep, yeah, they've got a dance through, <laughs> they're gonna dance through a row of balloons. I mean, we, we're talking, you know, real, it's not even generation game, I mean, it's more kind of uh, fun house. And well, fun house wasn't around it, no, Cheggers plays pop, that's what I'm thinking of. <clears throat> Oh, here we go. Jolly old Charleston music. Do I actually have to do Charleston while I do this? I'm just popping these balloons, I mean... what well, who's doing well here? Um, it's hard to tell because... Uh... <laughs> I think Paul and uh, team are level pegging at they do silly with those headbands and skirts on around their knees they're just a little ridiculous. Elsie is just like a like um doing some mad like she's dodging a wasp or something. I think Jan is going for a more measured approach I think. Oh I love that old 1920s music. Well certainly more than the uh the, the racket we've got these days I mean in a hundred years, are people really going to look back on the twenty twenties as a golden age of music? Are they really? So, how have they done? What did, what did they get? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the T One Girls are all dolled up in the twenty two balloons. Yeah, the T One Girls are all dolled up in the 1920s uh, uh, skew as well. And 1920s headings as well. Uh, was that taking the Mickey out of the Rays accent now? So oh, that's not cricket. But anyway, um, Tim and Jan are through. they won with 25 balloons popped uh, against Paul and now sees 22. 500 smackers god 500 big ones which are God I don't know how much of that would be but no, they still get the photo from I'll just take the post and strike that then as well. it's nice that the um the rival contestants do actually say good luck and you know well done and you know there's no no hostility or anything. I mean, it's it's a completely different ball game from what we got nowadays. Big Brother, and you know, every every single elimination contest is, you know, I mean, it's filled, filled, filled with bad blood and uh, petty rivalry. So here we are at Ted's table. I d- I don't think he calls it take it or leave it anymore. Uh, the difference is, well, it's two differences actually. Um, one is five MacGuffins instead of six which we used in the first series um, and they don't have a car every week because it kind of takes the surprise out of it you know whether they are going to win a car or not because if you don't the final two and one of them is the car um, and they reject the prize that is in the car it's like oh my god we got the car so you know all that surprise is lost but I think um, the previous episode which was uh, shown a couple of days before the Mary England one I think they did win a car uh, from what I remember, it was like a you know minuscule little green mini, which uh, which is pretty retro. That's uh, all. Do you know what I I've, I've forgotten what they win this actually. So who have we got here? Oh, Victor Spinetti, and Dilly Swatling doing uh doing the silent movie. Victor Spinetti, I think. Um, well I I remember him from the Beatles movie uh, Help. And he, he was brilliant in um, that. He played uh, this mad scientist uh, who was like teamed up with Roy Kinnear. Oh, what was it? I think his name was Fuss, actually. A bizarre name, Foot. And Roy Kinnear's psychic like was called Algernon. And uh, the the main quote I remember of uh, Victor Spinetti's character was him go, "It's the prune dream. His brain's draining." He was talking about Roy Kinnear's Algernon. And it was, yeah, it was magnificent in that. And um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Victor Spinetti was in, he did one of the voices in Super Ted. I've got a feeling he played Texas P. You've never seen Super Ted, so great. Oh, Mike Newman's back to being the uh, the mad director again. Is that Laurie Holloway in the piano? Laurie Holloway, of course, the uh, the music, the music. Yeah, Dillis Watling, of course, was the uh, the older sister of uh, Deborah Watling, who played Victoria in uh, Doctor Who during the in the second box's time. Uh, looks and sounds a lot like her, actually. But then sadly, uh, Victor Spinetti and Dillis Watling sadly no longer with us, unfortunately. Yeah, my name is, he's very good at doing these kind of manic, um, over the top performances. You know, he's uh, I, I genuinely don't know what's become of it I, I really don't know. I think he's got um, I know he's got a son who I think does comedy as well, but you he, he don't hear uh, very much from him. Same with uh, same with Chris Hammer. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, of course, this is the uh, the homage to the 1920s silent movies. I think it's meant to be like a uh, I think it's about to be a homage to those uh, old romances that they used to have. Although they're talking for some reason. uh, uh, Mike Newman is not very happy. (laughs) If you can hear that shouting, that is Mike Newman shouting. It's it's not the next door, no, no. Uh, so he's Victor with the first clue. What are you is the clue for what is so what's the clue? a picture of Victor, uh, a picture and, of Victor Vixer Vixer and a camel. A no, uh, what is yeah. it? Camel hair yeah. coat or something? I don't, I don't <laughs> know. he Yeah, he's Welsh. well fusing Great way. But, yeah, I mean, if, it. You know, I, 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 don't know if I have to talk as, as if they're um. When the, I don't know if I have to mention when the um, you know, talk of Christmas and all that stuff, you know, that they have to kind of mention. Oh, I'm going to be in Panto this year, you know. Um, even if it's recorded in August or whatever, you know, it, it must, it must be quite difficult for them and uh, i think he's actually speaking reading the clue in welsh yeah now would you read it in english oh right so here we go with the clue the wheels go round and round they hardly make a sound whatever you go in rain sun or snow remember what you found <laughs> Now did that make any sense i think it made more sense when uh, to spoke in his native tongue, I think. Um, yeah. What is the car? Wheels go. Ra- I think wheels go round and round is probably a little bit too obvious, but uh, but we shall see. I have absolutely no idea. Or if it's a photo frame, it could be a slide projector, maybe. And of course, uh, they were doing the, uh, the silent march to the, uh, the silent movies. Oh dear, Ted's doing his best at uh, As a voice, which, which, to be fair, is uh, is probably better than mine. It's probably his training as a um, a holiday camp. Yeah, we're at a jolly spliffing party now. There's Chris Emmer. <clears throat> sipping champagne. Yeah, typical old cocktail parties. I mean, we used to learn about this sort of thing. in mean, um there used to be a program called um, "How We Used to Live," one of those old schools programs. And um, one of them was set in the nineteen twenty. I think it was. Yeah, they, they charted the years between I think nineteen oh two and nineteen twenty six. So um, of course, they you know they featured all this kind of cool music and dancing like the Charles Stone and all of that and. Uh, I don't know if the voices were quite as caricatured as <laughs> so I've got a feeling they weren't. But it was made by um, by Yorkshire TV, which was the same the same production team as 3T uh, as yeah, yeah, it was it was quite good. From what I remember, it had the uh, the bloke from Bread in it. Um, I think it was Joey. I think he, I think he was in it. How he used to live. I think it's a shame that you don't get schools programs anymore. I, th- I think kids learn a lot from, uh, from that. I, I know I do, you know, I, mean, I think you actually learn more from seeing something in action rather than kind of taking lots of notes and um, listening to a stuffy old lecture and stuff on a blackboard, that sort of thing. You know, if if it's brought to life like, um, you know, say, Look at Reed. I mean, that's, uh, that was a great example. So on comes Mike Newman with a empty champagne glass. Oh. Uh, well it's empty, could that be Dusty Bin? Oh oh also comes from Dublin. It's the automatic choice. It is Nip's duty to see you win a beauty. Get out of that Now What's what did what Tim and Jan think of that? What can they make of that? Yeah, I, I, I reckon that could be the dustbin, because, it, you know, it's empty, they always tend um you know, sort of empty, uh, empty clues are always, you know, a clue to the oh, a dustbin. Well, nine times out of ten, seven times, five times. Prim and proper, well, it's certainly, uh, life in the 2020s is not like, <laughs> it's not prim and proper. I mean if um if they do re- remake three T one in twenty uh, seventy-nine, I just uh, I I I don't think they're gonna get much mileage out of um the twenty twenties unless somebody does a radical new uh, dance craze or fashion craze. I mean it's all pretty uh pretty lame at the moment. And it's certainly anything but prim and proper. So it's Chris and Victor again. Oh dear. I th- I think Victor's playing uh Stuffy old uh, father who's um, with Chris playing the uh, the son who's seeking his uh, daughter's hand in marriage. I think. Uh, Victor looks. Victor looks like he's dressed up as Rupert Bear, with that yellow check waistcoat. <clears throat> oh dear. Yeah, some of these jokes are a little bit a little bit corny, to say the least. Um, you know, uh, but actually, I mean, I, I know 321 gets a fair bit of stick, but I think quite a lot of budget has gone into you know all those uh, designs. I mean, especially when they're doing like um, you know, a main play or even a, you know a loose, you know, kind of anthology theme like this one. You know, that that nineteen twenties uh, uh, plush country house design is, a- is actually quite good. So I think there's probably more money spent on it than uh, than you might think. I know, I know, you know, a lot of people these days think it's you know it's cheap and cheerful relic, but uh, but I, I think it's uh, I think it's actually um, visually. I mean, it's it's held up quite well, even even with the uh, disastrous haircuts and fashions and uh, what have you. Some of the jokes not so much though. Mm, that sounds like this again. Yeah, they'd, they'd often get um uh, a couple of guest stars every week. Oh dear. Oh, that's, that's a hat joke, isn't it? Yeah, he's called Dennis, and of course, she says anyone for Dennis. And then, uh, three C One girls are uh, taking away. Now, Dennis, Dennis is looking sad. Well, Mark and uh, Veronica and Paul and Elsie found it funny anyway. They're, they're in the audience clapping away. Wherever they were told to do so, in case they, uh, they didn't get their money after I don't, I don't know. He's got, he's Nothing he's like a bit of blackmail. So, Chris is up next with clue. What has he got? He's leaving a hand of bridge. Will you win? A bridge? A hand? I don't know. <clears throat> right, here's the line. uh what I yeah even Chris doesn't know what it means so we are we the first the first three so it's time for them to reject a clue and I wonder I wonder what they're gonna get if, if it was me I'll reject the uh the empty glass and they get they can hear one of the clues again and then they uh, they can make up their minds as to uh, which one to reject. i really don't know what are they gonna reject oh they're gonna reject the they're going to reject the picture picture thing oh um hold on are they aren't they supposed to reject the bin? you're saying oh we can use photographic equipment um yeah not really quite sure they uh, <laughs> they should be rejected that, or well, maybe they've got photographic equipment. The in the, last, in the last one that I did, um, the couple looked pretty much at every prize. They, they certainly had the caravan, which they rejected first. Oh, they rejected cine equipment, Yep. Yeah. Oh, see, I was right. I mean, it's it's pretty crude by today's standards. You've got that, that massive, great, um. Pull-down screen, you have got the, uh, the cine projector and the camera, microphone. But I mean, back in the day, this was that—that uh, that was they yeah, quite prized. I was saying, oh no, we we rejected it now. So what could it be? Is uh, are they going to win a car? Are they going to win a dustbin? Is the dustbin there? I don't know. Still I don't know. I really don't know. So, this is the final part. Shrewsbury. Lovely part, part of the world. What is it? A song and Dance Number? Right, do this again, I think. Nope, yep, still in a tennis ball. God, she does look. She looks just like Deborah. Really does. What is this? Is this the what, Keep Young and Beautiful" song? Is it? So I, su- I suppose the three C one girls will, you know, something of like professionally training dancing because. Um, I think the choreography was actually done by the, uh, the posh one, the Jenny. I think she, uh, she did that. See, only a little bit of dancing on Saturday night, which is uh, unlike the ones and dancing that you get uh, these days. That's a like, strictly bashing for now. Yeah, I don't know, there's something quite charming about that 1920s music. That ta-ta-ta. Nah, sort of uh, all, all of that music. Glenn Miller as well. Was he in the nineteen twenties? I'm not sure. Probably. I don't know. Twenties or thirties, or maybe later. Actually, yeah. But all of that kind of uh, sort of sort of uh, music. I, you know, I like all kind of that. <clears throat> no, I think Glenn Miller was actually uh, a bit later. So. Sorry. My history is, uh, is, uh, is clearly on the fritz the moment, but never mind. <laughs> so what is Dillis going to be? Tennis racket? No. Uh, what is that? Biscuit? Um, Connection counter? Oh, a 1929 point, there you go. I thought Ted was going to say last time I saw you, you were in record breakers. It's the wrong side, isn't it? Right, here's the line. Uh what if they win? And to this an old Bitcoin coin an, an old nineteen twenties coin, a genuine nineteen twenties coin, I don't know. Um a bank? Have they robbed a bank? I don't I don't know. So we're down to the, the champagne glass, uh Hannah Bridge or the coin. So go oh, reject the empty champagne glass. <clears throat> Not as good as a week. Maybe it's the faces, LP. Maybe they're going to reject that. Oh, Jan thinks that the other hand bridge is the dustbin. Is she right? Oh, team's going to let her make the decision. Oh, well, let's see if uh, Jan is right or wrong. And a bridge how would you get that from a dustbin? I I don't know well do people and of course uh, I auction i'm here to tell you what you would have won Christopher Elvis from the south Kensington branch of one of the's leading auction houses is it? they win an auction do they win a valuable beast from an auction not exactly Dickckenson's we deal with this is yeah, so or that Bobby he does like rejected this particular price uh what is that it's telephone Well, I think it's very much it's it's actually... a it's Yeah, terribly awesome. posh. <laughs> yeah, this chap is incredibly poor. is <laughs> <laughs> The sort of prize you could have had. Yeah. Oh, a thousand pounds to spend it in an auction. That's what they turned out. They could have spent the day with this guy. They'd probably. <laughs> What's up with his hair? God, he's Mr. Brew Cream. Yeah. Joy, well, quick, Kershaw. Cool up here, Paul Oh, well, you can always go on Dickinson's Wheel Deal in a few years, don't mind. It's a bargain hunt. So where is that been? Where is that been? Oh, oh a... no, actually, that's not a bad, bad alchemy question. Yeah, like I said before, I think he, I think Teddy's actually an excellent host. I think you know. What I like about his style of presentation is that he doesn't you know, he, he doesn't belittle the contestants like um one or two others do. Not naming any names. But he, he actually seems pleased when they, you know, when they do really well and you know, he's always uh you know, he, he interacts with them really well. He, he doesn't make them the butt of a joke, you know, and if, if, if he does make a joke it's uh, it's more gentle, you know, sort of like teasing rather than you know you know, passive aggressive, you know, sort of nastiness or anything like that. Yeah, just a great all round host, I think. And um yeah. Quite you know, quite an underrated one of like that, I think as well. So here we got um Mike and Chris and who's that? Oh, it's the guy from Heidi High. What's his name? They're playing gangsters. Oh, what's his name? He played the jockey in Heidi. Heidi. Fe- yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Felix Bonus. Dylanson Murray again. <clears throat> yeah. He's um. Yeah. Felix Bonus played um the miserable disc, jo- uh, no, disc jockey. No. The jockey in uh, in Heidi. High. Disc jockey. Yeah. My uh, my brain is just. Non existent, as you may well know if you're a, a regular of these commentaries. <clears throat> and he always used to like talking in the the end credits. I'm not really quite sure quite sure why. They they, that, um you have been watching a bit and um, they normally smile or wink at the camera, but Felix Boness's character would just kind of um he just kind of talk all the way through, which was uh, a bit strange. So what have we got finally? Oh, here comes things with what an umbrella? An iron bar? What is that? <laughs> an iron bar. so much to do He's <laughs> a bit <laughs> oh, that was a bit a bit of me, didn't it? Felix just said, "Oh, shall I read it in the manner of that?" Like, oh, he's a bit posh, with not he? <laughs> oh, classic, classic. I hope, um, I hope he didn't bump into the posh auctioneer in the uh, in the bar after the recording. You know, there might have been a. I suppose he could have taken the uh, the iron rod with him, you know, and think he could have uh, defended himself quite well. Although the um the Porsche auction bloke. He auction, auction auction bloke, he had um like a candlestick, so um candlesticks nine bars at dawn. Oh finally, they're rejecting the, the empty glass. Jan thinks that um one of the Phrases in this as an anagram of Dusty Bin, right? right. A Nibs duty is an Nibs duty, yeah. They've done it. They got rid of him. He's Dusty in nineteen twenties, God. Yeah. Oh, well, he's, he's got a winking eye anyway. Oh. I mean, of course, you know, for, for those who don't who don't know the well, you don't actually win the du- dusty bin uh, cartoon character. You just get a you get a brand new Dustbin, bin, um, which I think Terry Wogan and Claudio Rogers won in the Christmas special early of that year. It was meant to be um, shown at Christmas, but of course, strike action um, meant that it had to be postponed till the I think it's the 27th of January. Uh, nineteen seventy nine. So they couldn't show it then. But yeah, they—I uh, think they—they uh, they won the bin and they were playing for charity as well. And then um, the Christmas later in the year, uh, the regular contestants would uh, would just take home an ornament dustbin on Christmas Day. I mean, that's a that's a fair and sell Christmas ending in the half. Oh, well, if, it, if it comes around to Christmas, I'll am uh, I, might, I might, uh, do a commentary on that one. Now what are they going to reject? We're down to the last thing. We've got the coin, we've got the iron bar, so what are they going to get rid of? <clears throat> They're going to get rid of the iron bar. It is one of them, the car, I don't think. The iron bar, so what is... Did... Iron hungry A bar? I don't know. A bar? A cocktail bar? Oh, yeah. God, I really, I really should have gone on this show. If only I'd been born, like, you know, 40 years earlier, you know, I, I might have um, gone on this show and actually won a reasonable prize. So what is it that they actually win that cocktail bar? On wheels? They, they do get to um, try a cocktail anyway. Exactly. What is this it's a Harvey Wallbanger they're going to drink. Oh, I could go with Harvey Moonbow for a cocktail right now. Or even a, you know, a nice good glass of beer right now. Uh, got a bit of thinking to do if they've rejected all the clue. <laughs> if i have just got one board, to say, go with it. Or is that just Ted's way of saying, oi, uh, <clears throat> yeah, don't drink anymore? Uh there you go the three C one stage hands wheeling up the uh portable bar. So they got the coin now. What the hell is this? Look at this coin with interest. There's more than meets the eye that she will appreciate over the years, so why not give it a Now then Do you know what? I genuinely don't know what it is. Who's the coin? Uh, have a look at this What? Suitcase? I want a suitcase. No, they want a check the mini chest drawers. Uh eight. Oh, I see. Oh right, they probably won the equivalent of if they invested the coin and how much it would have been over the year. so they're probably gonna win the money equivalent in nineteen seventy nine, which is probably a lot more. Nineteen sixty nine, five hundred and fifty three pounds, but today in nineteen seventy nine. It's and it's you, well, it's worth £1, I mean, that's that doesn't sound like a lot by today's standards, but 1979 standards. It's 1250 quid is uh, a heck of a lot of money. That's, that's a good price, that. Wow, suitcase full of money. I mean, can't go wrong with that, really. Not the car, but I mean, they could easily buy it. Will well, Tim and Jane look happy in that's the movie thing? Unusual, well yeah, not as unusual as the uh, the Greyhound or the, uh, oh investing in shares in a racehorse like they did in the in the previous series. Now of course this was um, directed by Paddy Russell, um, who, Doctor Who so fans will know, directed some classics like uh, Pyramids of Mars, Horror, Fan, Rock, an invasion of a dynasty So, um, quite what she was doing on one I really don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> one minute you're directing mummies, the next the next minute you're directing Dusties. Good old Dusty Bean. <clears throat> well, I enjoyed that. That was a. Uh that was a, that was a good, old, uh, good old episode, good old throwbacks of the 1920s. And, um, yeah, happy days. Happy days. Anyway, that was me, John Bensalia. Thank you for listening in. And uh, I hope to hear from you again sometime in the future. In the meantime, it's bye for now.